Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Scruffy Nerf Herder podcast. I'm Elise. I'm Li Ching. And this is going to be our completely spoilerific review of Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, which is out in theaters uh, yesterday in the UK and has just come out in the US today. Um, so if you haven't seen the film yet, first of all, run down the street to your nearest cinema and go and see it, um, and then come back to us after you have seen the film. So let's just start, you know, obviously in our podcast yesterday we talked about how much we really, really enjoyed the film and how excited we are that it feels properly like Star Wars again. Um, and I, I just want to reiterate that, like, from from the get-go, The Force Awakens really grabs you and it pulls you in and it immerses you in the story and it just feels like Star Wars again. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's from, again, it's smart because it's from the first line. That mm-hmm. first, it's really quick. Luke Skywalker has vanished. Yeah. And it's just that really fast kind of like, you read it and you're like, what? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just, and the, the crawl was great, I thought. The um, crawl was really, really good, yeah. And again... It, it, you know, it introduced exactly what has happened, you know, from, you know, it, the, the New Republic has been established since the end of Return of the Jedi. From the ashes of the Empire rose the, you know, the First Order. But they only rose once Luke disappeared. Exactly. Because that was the thing that, and, and that was the really good thing about the crawl, was it gave you... A kind of an overall kind of this is what's happened, but then it allows you to then get to know the characters who are more involved with it. Yes, and then you slowly start piecing together that you know uh, why Luke vanished. Right, and so uh, so once once Luke disappeared and the First Order rose to power against the new the New Republic, um, the Resistance, based you know led by General Leia Organa. Um, is fighting against the First Order. That's yeah. where the crawl kind of sets us, is that Luke Skywalker has vanished, and with him, basically, the Jedi have vanished. Yeah, and, and also there's basically a big search for Luke going on, because yes. cause they say everybody's the, looking for the, him. The First Order um, are, like, will not stop until the last Jedi has been destroyed. Yeah. Whereas Leia is trying to search for him to help you know, save the galaxy and bring the Jedi back. Not only that, but, you know, she's missing her brother. Of course, of course. So, you know, that's where that's where the film kind of um, uh, starts us out, and it's very much the feeling of a new hope. The galaxy is kind of, is kind of under threat of tyranny, um, and there is a small group funded by the New Republic who is fighting for freedom. And again, it's led by Leia Organa, who we know is obviously a big, um, you know, um, lover of democracy and freedom. And, you know, of course she would be in this fight. Yeah, and and also, um, this is going to the book Aftermath. There are kind of hints that what might happen because you know watching you might think well hang on how come the republic doesn't have you know Mm -hmm. the colossal fleet because the the resistance seems to have like again like 20 x-wings and that's about it yeah um but mon mothma talks about how when the empire is pretty much gone they'll reduce their military by 90 Mm percent um and that she's adamant that they're going to do that because she's like you can't rule with a military force yeah so we're gonna be a democratic galaxy and we're gonna do that do it like that and that's why well, that's why I assume the Resistance 
don't have, you know, like an empire-sized fleet. So yeah, exactly. Warships and X-wings. Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, I think what what's really great about it is that it's brought us back into the feel of a new hope. That you know, the good in the galaxy is really, really starting to dwindle, and it's in real trouble of being completely snuffed out by the First Order, who is led by this supreme leader, Snoke. Um, it was obviously Andy Serkis's character, um, and, uh, you know, his kind of second in command of, uh, Kylo Ren, who is Adam Driver's character. Um, and, uh, you know, so there is this massive, massive new threat to the galaxy, and it really does feel like the essence of A New Hope, and I think that's what really starts out making it like Star Wars. Yeah, com- completely. And, and you know, there are a lot of little nods to, I think, all of the films. Um, but A New Hope is obviously, it's got the biggest kind of, you know, same kind of rough structure um, and kind of, you know, the, the, the end kind of trench run kind of moment, mm-hmm. um, the fact that Ray's on... A desert planet and she wants to get away mm-hmm. um well and i think that the the really interesting thing about ray's character is that you know ray is not always so much looking up at the stars and wanting to get away but she's waiting for somebody to take her away she's waiting for her family, wait, wait to, for come her family and to come and take her back. away yeah. um because you know ray's character she was left on this new planet of of uh jakku and um, she was left there for a purpose that she doesn't know. She doesn't know who her family is. And um, so she's just waiting for them to come back for her. Yeah, and you see her like, marking off the days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, with those with, with those little nods, obviously we meet um, Ray and even uh, Poe Dameron. We meet them on Jakku, which is the desert planet. And then um, eventually, you know, uh, the characters go to a forest planet and then they go to, um, you know, the, the big uh, star killer base is based on kind of an ice snow planet. Yeah, so you kind and of so get, you get a all new the, hope, empire and Jedi. Exactly. So, you know, I, and I think that, again, you know, there's something that JJ has, um, uh, you know, he's really captured the essence of what makes the the original special and what we love about the originals what he loves about the originals and he's encompassed it in this film that really brings star wars into the 21st century without you know adding a whole load of cgi yeah yeah definitely definitely um i thought so basically if we just kind of move through the film um poe's great from the start I, yes. he, he's he's just he's got that natural kind of charisma to him that he knows he's the best pilot kind of in the galaxy mm-hmm. and he's kind of like but he's a nice guy he's 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 confident he's not cocky exactly exactly he's confident and he know you know he knows what he's doing he knows he's the best at what he does but you know from from the very beginning you know Poe is Poe is introduced to us because he has been sent to Jakku because there is a map that leads to where Luke Skywalker has vanished to, um, somewhere with um, a character on Jakku. And so Poe has been sent by Leia because he is the best pilot in the Resistance to get this map and bring it back to the Resistance. And so he's been put on this very, very important mission. He knows is important and he knows the gravity of what he has to do. And so he does have that swagger to him. And we only really see it come out as he's getting captured by Kylo Ren. And, and, and that's kind of the way that he hides what he, you know, what he has done from and, the First Order. And it's like he's got the swagger of Han. Yes. But he cares for others. Yes. Because as soon as he sees First Order arriving, he says to, um, uh, I don't know Max's 
character's name, I always forget it, but he, he says to him, you know, you need to hide now. Mm-hmm. And Max says, you need to leave. Yeah, um, exactly. And there's and then, you know, when he is captured, he's like, I'm never going to tell you anything. And, mm-hmm. and But he, he jokes, of, he makes quite a few jokes as well. Like mm-hmm. that, That's a really, like, at the start, that's quite a quick, fun line where he says, like, you know, Who's, who's meant to talk first? Am I meant to talk? Are you meant to talk? Exactly. And again, I think that's, that's you know, Poe's natural um, charisma and his natural personality coming out from the, you know, the kind of cover of this, um, you know, really, really great pilot who knows how serious his mission is. And so therefore he's going to be a little bit more serious about it. You know, that's his way of, you know, making sure that he seems maybe a little less threatening yeah, to the first order, and, and there's also that kind of um, there's that moment when he's brought onto the ship, mm-hmm. and he walks out, and he's kind of like, "Wow, okay, this is huge." Mm-hmm. You know, like he hasn't seen the scale of what the first order have right, until exactly. he gets off, and he realizes actually they've got you know thousands of people on mm-hmm. their side. You know, um, and and again, that's you know, um, we obviously meet Finn at the same time mm-hmm. with, with that thing. With, with when they're destroying the village mm-hmm. um, and Finn deciding to, you know, not do anything. Well, I think um, it's, you know, again, it goes to, um, you know, bringing Star Wars into this new era of filmmaking that there's more blood in this film and we haven't seen blood in Star Wars. Not really. The only time we really get a glimpse of it is in Return of the Jedi when Leia's been shot in the shoulder mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Han has, you know, moved to see what it's like and then obviously he has to hold up his hands because there's stormtroopers behind him. You can see blood on his hands. It's not obvious, yeah, sure. but it's there. That's the only time we really, really see blood in Star Wars. And one of the very, very first you know, things that we see in this film is stormtroopers ransacking this village where Max von Sydow's character is because they're looking for this map to Luke Skywalker. And obviously one of Finn's, um, you know, trooper friends has been shot. Finn goes to him and the trooper wipes blood onto Finn's helmet. And it's such a shocking thing, that red against the white of his helmet. But it's also just, you know, it's it's, it's blood in Star Wars. That never happens. Yeah, and yeah. so I think it's that shock moment that really pulls Finn out of his conditioned training. And it sets the, you know, it, it, it sets him on the path to want to not be a part of the First Order. Yeah, although he hints later on that he makes that decision that he's not going to fight for them before going into the fight. Um, yeah, see, I don't really see that much of it when it actually, you know, when the fighting kicks off before they actually capture Max's character. Um, you know, I see it from that from Well, that I, I assume he hasn't taken onward. a shot at that point. I assume he doesn't shoot. I, well, that's how well, I, I well, read it. The thing it, is, is we can't, you know, we can't, we can't really tell because up we until don't know the who point, he is until then. exactly, yeah. uh, you know, up until the point where, um, you know, he he gets that bloody mark on his helmet, we don't know which of the stormtroopers Finn is. We know he's there, but we don't know which one he is. And so up until that point, you know, we we don't know if he's fired a shot or not. See, and now this is something we talked about afterwards as well. Um, do you think there's anything special about Finn? I don't know. I think that he is a character who, you know, was was put into a situation because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time when he was really, really young. And he was, you know, trained to do, you know, to be to be a stormtrooper and therefore to carry out the orders of Captain Phasma, of Kylo Ren and of the First Order in general. And um, I think, you know, because they say this is his first 
battle. You know, he say, he says this is his first fight that he's ever been in. And so it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, a new soldier going into Vietnam and realizing, oh, it's not all, you know, amazing and, and you know, we're not always the heroes. And he sees that and he he decides that he wants to rebel against it. But I, is there anything special about him? I don't know. I don't know because I think, you know, again, you know I think J.J., and Kathleen Kennedy have done something very, very interesting with the marketing leading up to The Force Awakens and with, um, you know, the beginning of the, of the film in general. Because what they've done is they've made us believe that Finn is the main character. Finn is the one that we're going to follow all the way through. And what it turns out to be is that Ray is the main character. Well, yeah, well, I'd say they're, they're both main characters, but she's more important than he. Exactly, is. which sure. makes me think that maybe there isn't something special about the, film the, and Finn, and and the and the thing that's special about him is his ability to see past his conditioning training and to become something that but, is yeah, bigger see, than what he was that, meant to be. Uh, that's what I'm saying there, right? Because they make a point of saying Huck says, you know. They're all trained. They're all programmed from birth. Yeah. So it makes it seem like Finn is the first one mm-hmm. to have done this. Right. Um, and that they're all conditioned to not be like this. And that's why Adam Driver says, you know, maybe you'd be better off with a clone army. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I'm wondering whether, you know, maybe there is something about Finn that makes him able to overwrite his programming. Hmm. Um, but whether or not. Who knows? I mean, I, I I really love the fact that he's not necessarily a force user. Yeah, see, me um, too. I really like that aspect about his character because it does make him kind of, um, you know, it, it, it makes him a character who is able to, you know, not be, you know, sig- you know significant in a way of, you know, he, he can use the force, he can become a Jedi, but it makes him significant in a way that he's able to overcome what, you know, the situation that he has been put in and therefore that you know and his capacity to care about people and to want to do the right thing um and you know realizing that he you know can be a part of something that will ultimately you know save save the galaxy from the tyranny that he ran away from in the first place i think that makes him special yeah and i suppose it's more he's not an everyday hero but he's an ordinary person in that respect who um finds the courage to be a hero rather than rather than i'm not saying ray doesn't have the courage to be a hero but she definitely goes on a journey because i mean we're going to talk about this later it's strongly hinted that she has a large family heritage Mm -hmm. um so you know uh and and but then also finn i just like i think finn in general is great because he has he has those great lines, like, you know, when he's rescuing Poe, mm-hmm. and Poe says, you know, why are you doing this? And he says, uh, because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And Poe just calls him out and goes, you need a pilot, don't you? He's like, yeah, I need a pilot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, I love the fact that it's, he starts out as, um, kind of just wanting to get away and hide himself, and yeah. then slowly, he, from meeting Ray, he turns into that person who you know, cares about someone else mm-hmm. and wants to protect them. And well, and care, you know, and cares about the you know ends up caring about the wider galaxy as a whole. Yeah, um, but but even even when they're on the Starkiller base, yeah, he says, "I'm just here for Ray." Yeah, and Han's like, 
no, the, the yeah, galaxy is depending yeah, on us. You know, pe- yeah, people are depending on us. The galaxy is depending on us. Um, so yeah, no, I think those you know those elements of Finn's personality make him special sure. and make him extraordinary and make him a character who you know deserves to be in the main cast. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but in terms of like you know either being a force user or being related to anybody from the original cast, um, I think that it's better if they just leave him the way yeah, he is. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, so you know Finn's really good, and obviously one of the very first characters you know that we've seen from the trailers that we meet at the beginning of the film is BB-8. Yeah. BB-8 has instantly become one of my favorite characters in, you know, the whole uh the whole film because, you know, what what they've done and what I think they set out to do and what they've done very very well is they have made a droid that is that much better than R2D2. Yeah, because, yeah. Because the thing is R2D2 isn't in any of the film. We don't get to yeah, see R2-D2 throughout, throughout the entire thing. And so you need to have that other kind of element in a droid. And what they've done with BB-8 is they've made him more emotive. They've made him really cute. They've made him funny. Um, but they've made him just as resourceful as R2-D2 is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they've they've created a droid that, you know, really you know doesn't take the place of R2-D2. But he is the new R two D two. Yeah, he's the next generation. Just like these these guys are the next generation of of, of the Star Wars world. Right. He's the next generation of R two D two. And I also I I think it's nice that R two D two isn't the droid in it because yeah. you know they make a point of the fact that R two goes into low power mode when Luke vanishes. Yeah. Because he's Luke's and and you know that he. He was Anakin's, obviously, before, and then he's Luke's. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, he doesn't have um, a direct descendant of Luke to, yeah. to move to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know... And I like the fact that they kept R2 as being Luke's droid. Yeah, um, definitely. And, you know, and I th- like we said yesterday, the, the, the fact that BB-8 can move his head and move his body and he mm-hmm. can emote a lot um, through that, um, you know, really helps. And I, I think he has... A great relationship with like all of the cast because he interacts oh, yeah. with pretty much all of the cast. Yeah. Um, and you know he he's awesome with all of them. Like one of the best bits and the bit that gets a laugh in the cinema is obviously when Finn's like, "Hey, I'm I'm not with the resistance, but right. you have to help me out here." Exactly and, because you know what what you know what's happening at that moment is that um Ray is you know trying to you know tell Finn you know she she thinks that he is part you know part of the resistance along with BB-8. And so she, you know, is telling him, we need to get BBA back to your base. He won't tell me where it is. You tell me where it is. And obviously Finn doesn't know because he's, he's a, you know, um, AWOL stormtrooper. Um, and so he, you know, turns to BB-8 as she's fixing a part of the Millennium Falcon and, you know, just says, you know, I'm not part, I'm not part of part of the resistance, but I will help you. So help me out here. I love the way is, I'm not part of the resistance, but he just instantly rolls away and goes, yeah. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that moment where he's like, yeah, yeah BB-8, tell her. And then BB-8 just kind of looking back between them yeah. and then tells her. What do I do? What do I do? And then he just do? does the do? thumbs up. I love it when they give each other the thumbs up. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's so much, you know, because they've made BB-8 the way that they have. And, um, you know, it's, it's really, really ingenious building BB-8 the way that they did. Yeah. Um, you know, already structurally, he's really, really good. But, you know, they've enhanced the way that he can emote and become a character and become a character that we relate to 
um, you know, they've they've taken what they learned from R2, which is, you know, the way that R2 can move his head and he can, you know, communicate in beeps and whistles and how we can tell as the audience what those beeps what those beeps and whistles mean they've taken those aspects of r2 and they've just made them that much better yeah yeah, yeah definitely, definitely and they've you know they've put it into a droid where you know where he can like roll away if he's surprised and you know you can see him looking between the two of them really kind of like frantically going what do i do what do i do what do i do and just like peering out between like behind Han's legs and be like, uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, from the... I think from the moment that um, Finn and Poe meet each other and then they go through that whole sequence of escaping from um, from the First Order ship, um, you know, to, you know, cra- crash landing on, on Jakku and then starting Finn's journey to meeting Rey, meeting, you know, members of the Resistance and, you know, carrying on from there... Um, you know the story just really, you know, it, it it keeps pace with where it started, and it doesn't drag, and it just continues on to be really, you know, to be really exciting and really engaging. Um, and you know Finn's character is really really engaging and really interesting because he wants to run away, but in meeting Ray, he wants to help her and he wants to go with her but when he gets the opportunity to run away he almost takes it and then you know the first order comes in and just destroys the republic and he realizes crap i need to help because i know how they've done this and so he moves from being somebody who just wants to escape to being somebody who wants to help ray who wants to you know help her you know, you know, become something, you know, you know, to save her, really, even though she doesn't massively need saving. Um, and then he, you know, becomes a full-fledged member of the Resistance, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely, definitely. Um, but, yeah, the interaction that um, Poe and Finn have at the very beginning is very funny, and it's very good. And, you know, again, you can tell that um, Boyega and Isaacs, they have a very good rapport with each other. Um, and you can tell the same thing with um, Boyega and Ridley, really. Even though, you know, Ridley, you know, she starts out, is being a, you know is being a little bit shaky yeah. and you know you can see that she doesn't have as much experience as the other people that she's working with um but once you get Boyega and her working together she gets a little bit yeah. stronger when she's by herself it's a little bit she's all right yeah as soon as you add Finn in and you add um Kylo in and you add other people in right. Han in she gets a lot better right because she has i think it really helps her acting with someone else there mm-hmm. um and she has she, again she has great moments where you know you see her fending for herself and defending bb8 mm-hmm. um and then you see her like going after finn mm-hmm. and then that, and that hilarious bit where the tie fighters come in and finn just grabs her hand and starts mm-hmm. running she's like let go of my hand. I know how to run without you holding my hand. Yeah, exactly. But then also, you know, when they're when they're running towards the ship that you know get it gets blown up, and you know she says we you know we we can get away in that one, and Finn says, well that one's closer. Why don't we go to that one? She goes, that one's garbage. Ship blows up, and she turns around. All right, garbage will work, and then it's obviously it's Millennium Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, of course. Like, as and soon as she said it's garbage, he knew that it was, knew the it was going to be the Falcon. Um, and then you know you see her flying, which is I think a big kind of hint as to where she comes from. Yeah. So so I think we just talk about this bit straight out, because yeah. otherwise we'll constantly mention it. Yeah. But there's a lot of hints throughout the film that she is, what well, in my opinion, mm-hmm. she's going to be Luke's daughter. Yes. Um. 
and there are a few uh, hints along the way. The falcon is a big one because mm -hmm. she flies, right? Mm -hmm. And she does. She says something to Finn while they're both talking at the same time when it's being said. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to listen to what she's saying rather than what Finn's saying. Yeah. Um, but she mentions something which is very Anakin-like in the mm -hmm. sense that he says, great flying, how did you do that? And mm -hmm. she says, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I've flown ships before, but I've never left the planet. Right. And somehow it just happened, right? Yeah, and, so, you know, and somehow she's able to pull off some really, really Crazy great maneuvers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because there's that, there, there is that one point where Finn is in the, uh, the gunner seat where the gun gets jammed into one position, and so she has to maneuver the Falcon so that he can shoot. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, only a very, very experienced pilot would, you know, be able to... Made to those moves. pull off that that maneuver so you know there is that massive hint that she's going to be a skywalker at least if not luke's daughter so that's so that's hint number one okay yes then obviously the biggest hint in the entire film is the fact that anakin's and luke's lightsaber calls to her exactly right? and that's and obviously this is the bit which is going to be poured over a lot Definitely. as soon as she touches the lightsaber she has very quick visions in terms of mm -hmm. what she hears and what she sees yeah okay so we can i mean we've kind of talked about this but we, we, it's basically the assumption i have is you're seeing the jedi temple and order that luke is setting up um starting and then failing because of kylo ren yes um and then obviously she has a vision of the future in in the um on the Starkiller base mm -hmm. with Kylo there. But we hear things. We hear Yoda talk. We hear mm -hmm. Obi-Wan talk. We hear Luke talk. Mm -hmm. We hear the Emperor talk. And we hear Vader breathing. We hear Vader breathing. Um, and there's a lot of quick things which kind of happen. Um, and then right at the end, we're pretty certain we hear... It sounds like Alec Guinness. Obviously, it's it can't be, but they've got well, somebody who well, sounds like him. Yes, yes. They, yeah, they've got somebody who can do a very, very good, quick impression of Alec Guinness. And then, and then obviously, name, you hear yeah. a whisper of, these are your first steps on your journey. Exactly. And that'll be, you know, because, you know, hearing all of the, you know, all of the other stuff and seeing all of the other stuff is obviously the first kind of thing. You know, going and seeing it the first time you know, you kind of let it wa wash over you. And then going to see it the second time, you know, you get to pay attention a bit more. And you, you know, pick up on things and you remember what you've picked up on. And then you realize, you know, what you haven't picked up on. Sure. And so I'll be interested, you know, when we go see it at a another point in the future, um, you know, to really, really listen to that last voice, the one that says these are your first steps, and to see if we can recognize the voice, yeah. if and there is any recognition to be had. And the stuff that she hears is Yoda saying, you know, talking about the Force, it, it surrounds us, it binds us, yeah. and, and, you know, and you hear Obi-Wan, and you hear Luke, but you also hear the Emperor talking about absolute power, yeah. and, you know, so she's hearing about both sides mm -hmm. of, you know... Um, of the force and obviously she sees both sides and she yeah. sees kylo killing the jedi mm -hmm. um and then obviously she talks to maz afterwards and maz says to her mm -hmm. another kind of big hint is you know you're waiting for someone on jakku but mm. you know that they're not coming back mm -hmm. but that sense of belonging that you want is, is in your is you. ahead of you and not yeah. behind you and there's one person who, who can, can be brought back and that's and she says Luke, Luke Skywalker exactly so that and then so that's a kind of you know 
the fact that that lightsaber is in Mount even said it called to you yeah exactly you know, you know um, the you know that this was Luke's lightsaber it was his father's before him and now it's calling to you yeah exactly so that's so that's the second hint okay before we get to the last one we have to kind of set it up a little bit so because we're obviously going to talk about Kylo Ren and we're going to sure, talk about the last bit of it okay so um there have been you know rumors going around that and Kylo Ren is also going to be related to the original cast members and I think right from the beginning you know his identity is not meant to be a secret at the very very beginning on the big you know massacre on on Jakku um Max von Sydow's character is you know pretty much we can guess that he's he's you know either somebody that we've already seen in the originals and he's changed his name or it's somebody whom the characters have met in between Jedi and the Force Awakens definitely um so he knows who Kylo Ren is yeah and, Ky- and, he, and Kylo and he knows does, who he is exactly and he does a lot of talking about you know knowing about his family knowing him before he was Kylo Ren yeah. and you know you can't you know, you can't deny your family and so on and so well, forth well I, I thought that was a really interesting thing that he says that you know the first order is born out of the dark side you weren't and it's like you weren't and you cannot deny your family exactly and and, and, and because you know he knows that Luke is obviously a Jedi, and he mm. knows that Anakin was a Jedi, and he's saying, and he's so he's saying to him, I, I, you know, you know that you, you weren't always from the dark side. Exactly. You weren't born from that area. Exactly. And so, you know, it, in in a later scene, um, we see Kylo Ren talking to um, Supreme Leader Snoke, who is Andy Serkis's character, and um, Snoke just comes out and says it that um, Han Solo is uh, Kylo Ren's father. Yeah. So that's already been established. He is the son of Leia and Han. And um, so therefore what, what happens later on in the film is that, um, you know, and this is again Ray's, uh, you know, a clue as to who Ray is and who her family is. Um, you know, what, what happens at the end is this really scrappy lightsaber battle. And, you know, it's, you know, again, very, very symbolic that, that you know, um, Anakin and Luke's lightsaber falls into the snow on Starkiller Base. And, you know, uh, Kylo reaches for it with the Force and he tries to call it to him, but it flies right past him into Rey's hand. Yeah. And all he says to her is that lightsaber belongs to me. You no, know, he says that to Finn. Because Finn, Finn first, when Rey's knocked out, Oh Finn, no, you're Finn, right. You're Finn, right. You're Finn right, takes right. it and goes, "That lights up and so Finn goes, "Come, Come and, and get, get it." it. Oh, At yeah, which you're point, right, you're Finn right, just right, gets right. trashed. Yeah, and then obviously Ray then calls it to her, and mm-hmm. then so obviously that's a big moment, and that's again, that's a very much an empire kind of. It's in the snow, and the way it's in the snow mm-hmm. as well is very much a kind of a strong kind of you know connection to that. Absolutely, um, and then you know I think one of the one of the strongest points of that scene is not only where the lightsaber comes from in terms of. Um, you know, hearkening back to Empire, but the music that hits as soon as the lightsaber reaches Ray's hand is the music that we hear in A New Hope on Tatooine when Luke runs back to the homestead after putting the pieces together as to who is hunting the droids and he sees that his aunt and uncle's home is destroyed. Yeah. That is the music that plays, which is the first step on Luke's journey to saying, there's nothing for me here now. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. And, and, and yeah, and obviously... And that's mirroring it's, Rey. Yeah, and, and it's very symbolic in the sense of that's the start of her journey with mm-hmm. the Force because, yes... She's, you know, um, 
done some mind control. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it, really, force-wise. Well, and she's but, resisted Kylo in trying and trying to... Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but trying she, to read her mind. But she says to Maz, you know, she, she I don't want the lightsaber, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. But when she calls it to her, that's her accepting... That's when she does take the lightsaber. Cause she hasn't yes. ha- She hasn't really had it since then no and then obviously during the fight when he says you know you need a teacher i can show you the ways of the force mm-hmm. and then she remembers and she shuts her eyes and mm-hmm. she lets the light guide her and suddenly she's just kicking his ass mm-hmm. you know, in terms of you know she like hits him about three or four times mm-hmm. um, gives him a massive scar, scar yeah yeah face. she stabs him through the shoulder mm-hmm. he, he cuts she cuts his leg she destroys his lightsaber yeah 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 and I think there's a lot to be said about the difference between the lightsaber battles in The Force Awakens as opposed to the ones in the original trilogy as opposed to the ones in the prequels um, because the, the the lightsaber fights that actually happen in The Force Awakens, um, they, they only happen at the very end. So Finn and Kylo Ren have their battle and then um, Rey and Kylo Ren have theirs and um, they're really scrappy. And um, they're not as refined and, you know, they're not, you know, they're not even to the point where you have, um, you know, a man in a suit fighting a younger uh, person who is not inhibited by a suit. And, you know, they're not as slick and as cool as the one from the, from the prequels. These are two people who, you know, Finn has combat training, but probably not sword training. Um, Ray has fight training again, um, but you know probably not with a you know with a sword. Definitely not not a lightsaber, which is meant to be. You know, Jedi are able to use them because they're very dexterous and they're strong in the Force, and that's how they're you know meant to use them. Yeah, sure. And you know, I can I get this sense with um, Kylo Ren that he um, you know he is skilled and he does know how to use a lightsaber, but there's a lot of unrefined technique and power in his movements which makes the fights really scrappy yeah and, and i he really has, like it and he has it's a much more kind of brutal kind of style of um it's a really it's it's not so elegant it's more just as much force as he can get behind a swing right like, like he does have like little moments like when when he knocks ray out and mm-hmm. um, and he he kind of turns around and walks around and looks at them mm-hmm. and he's he's spinning his lightsaber then he is doing some like twirls and stuff and they do do spins while fighting yeah, 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 but it yeah. is a lot more um forceful and there's a lot more kind of you know when he's fighting Finn and like he's got him up against the tree and he's just pushing his lightsaber into him mm-hmm. you know that's not elegant that's just brute force of just you know exactly and I mean even when we think back to the Anakin Obi-Wan slash Vader fight in Revenge of the Sith you know that fight you know both fighters are able to show their skill they're able to show their technique and you know even though Vader's fighting style is meant to be much more brutal than Anakin's is and you can you can see that um, it's still very smooth and it's still yeah. very slick and there's a lot of technique that you know both Anakin and Obi-Wan have and they use um, but yeah it's just they're 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 a little bit more scrappy they're a little bit more unrefined and actually a lot of um, the fight between Rey and Kylo is Rey just trying to get away and trying to defend yeah. herself you know she's chopping down trees in order to keep him from coming after her and um, you know and so you know so those little moments where she actually does show proper skill like at the very very end before he says you know you need to teach her and she summons the force and she starts kicking his ass um you know there is that that moment of of real technique where she blocks him he comes back and then she pushes back and then it goes back and forth and there's a lot of you know really good stuff happening there but you know i get the sense with kylo ren that there's 
he is trained, he does know what he's doing, but he's just not quite there yet. And I think that's the whole point of his lightsaber looking the way that it does. Yeah, it's there more is... ragged and aggressive. And uh, even exactly. when he, whenever he hits stuff, sparks fly everywhere. Right. Which he, we've never seen from a lightsaber before, right? Exactly. And I think, you know, you know, going back to, you know, seeing it in the trailer and the, you know, the uproar of, oh no, has JJ changed the way the lightsaber looks? I don't think that's it at all. I think it's the fact that it's showing that um you know ben solo had training and he knew what he was doing but he was nowhere complete in his training and you know which allowed him to be seduced by supreme leader snoke and so he's he's just not finished with his training but he needs to act as though he is and so he builds this lightsaber that isn't up to snuff and just doesn't you know act the way that a lightsaber should and it just it continues to show how far from, you know, completing his training as a Jedi he was. Yeah, and you know, and again, a lot of people hated the hilt, but I think actually when you watch the film, it's just in his mind, it's even in a defensive position, mm -hmm. he's still got a way to attack someone. Definitely. I think it's a very, very clever um, use of that power, and it makes it, you know, it does make it more brutal, and it makes it more medieval-esque, and, you know, those those medieval weapons were meant to be really destructive. Sure. And um, so, yeah, I think, you know, I think it adds a really, really good element to the way that Kylo Ren fights. And, you know, obviously now that Rey has destroyed his lightsaber, or at least that's the feel that I get from the very final uh, moments of their fight, um, it'll be interesting to see now that he's going to go back and complete his whether training, quote-unquote, yeah. um, whether he has a new one or not, whether it acts differently, um, and whether it's, you know, just a little bit more refined, and whether he's more powerful, and he's more, you know, capable as, as a swordsman. And, you know, the same thing will go for Rey, you know, you know, this first fight was really showing them, you know, you know her you know, embracing the fact that, you know, the, the, the lightsaber does belong to her and she's accepting her fate. Um, and, you know, also kind of showcasing, you know, um, uh, Kylo Ren wanting to, you know, destroy that and wanting to, you know, just show his power mm. and then not being able to. So and, the and whole fight is really back and forth, but it's, re you know, it's not, it's not refined. And I really like that. It's this new trilogy kind of, you know, taking the the lightsaber fight and making it their own. And also, I think, again, credit to Adam Driver for during that fight and and throughout the film, as soon as he meets Ray, really, um, he clearly, you know, he wants to take on Vader's kind of mantle and he wants to be the right. strongest Jedi. But he's, as Ray says, he's afraid he'll never be as strong as Darth Vader. Right. Well, he want yeah, he wants to be a Sith, doesn't he? Yeah. He wants to continue what it is the Darth Vader was trying to and to accomplish because you know like like JJ has just recently said you know um, when Kylo Ren worships Vader he doesn't worship a Anakin Skywalker and I don't think it's because he doesn't know the difference I think it's because he thinks that Anakin was weak yeah and that's well, what, why well, Vader and, was and, able and to that's destroy what JJ him. said that, that he he views from his point of view he views Vader failing because he was seduced by the light side he was seduced by you know, um, the goodness from Luke. Right, And exactly. that's why he failed in his mission, and that's what he doesn't want to have happen right, to him. Right, exactly. Um, but there's that, in, in the fight when um, Rey kind of shuts her eyes and, and accepts the Force and then starts really kind of being a bit more aggressive and starts beating him, you can see that kind of desperation and that panic that starts to evolve in his fighting style. Yeah. Um, 
because there's that fear that she's never been taught how to use the force, mm-hmm. yet she's stronger than him, and the lightsaber that he wants, she's using, and it went to her, and mm-hmm. the, and he does that. He has, he does a really good job of kind of as he starts kind of getting beaten back by her. He's he you can hear it in his kind of like mm-hmm. in the way he's talking, not talking, but the, the voices, the the sounds he's making. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets a lot more desperate. Yeah, well, and I think you know, just just talking about Adam Driver's performance in general, you know, the, he's he's you know he does um, really really great things with his voice. He's very very emotive. So you know, he has a certain voice that he puts on for Kylo Ren when he's out of his mask. But then as soon as you start to see that flip into you know back to Ben Solo, um, both in the fight with Rey and in the scene where he kills Han. Um, you know, he does, you know, he, he goes into more his natural kind of voice. And so, you know, Adam is really, really good at doing that. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really glad that they've taken these lightsaber battles and they've made them a bit more, um, you know, uh, you know, just a bit more desperate. And it is really as though, you know, the force hasn't existed in the galaxy or it hasn't been prevalent in the galaxy for a really, you know, since, since Luke disappeared and And, you know it's showing it kind of coming back in the way that ray focuses and she's able to channel the force you know without knowing really what she's doing yeah just more out of blind belief and and hope that's the thing though the force like in this film is talked so much more like it's an actual you know entity that that actually controls things before in the past it's been talked about how it's something that surrounds everything and binds everything together and you know everyone even if you can't use the force you are part of the force right whereas this film really kind of shifts it into a more kind of yeah like it's been away mm-hmm. and it's come back and it's kind of so so it's calling to ray right because because like um at the start it said you know without the jedi there can be no balance so it's almost yeah. like it's trying to balance it out right by getting ray to hear the lightsaber and then without with Raider shutting her eyes the force guides her to you know mm-hmm. win that fight and it helps her fly the falcon and yeah. you know there's a lot more kind of talk about it being you know actively involved in what's going on in the universe right exactly so you know credit to them making you know the lightsaber battles reflect all of that so it was it was pretty good but there i think there's another hint in there as well there is another hint i know exactly when what you're talking adam, about when adam dry when kylo is mm-hmm. when he has ray and he's interrogating her, and he's pulling stuff. And that, again, that's another force power that we haven't seen before. Like mm-hmm. literally pulling memories from people. Yeah. Um, and being being able to see into their mind yeah. and manipulate what it is that you want to say. Um, and and he says to he says to Ray, you know, um, you can't, you know, you want to sleep at night, but you can't, and mm-hmm. you dream of an ocean. And he's like, I, I see, see the island. I, I, I see too, and I see the island too. Yeah. Which doesn't kind of, when you're watching it for the first time, doesn't really mean that much. But obviously, once you've seen it all, yeah, you realise that when she finds Luke at the end, mm-hmm. he's in an ocean on an island. Yeah. So again, she she's dreaming of where Luke is, but she doesn't realise she's dreaming of where Luke is. Right. Which again, really kind of gives there's another connection between her and Luke. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of is heavily pointed towards mm-hmm. that that um, she's going to be his child. Right, exactly. And obviously and... when it goes wrong and the Jedi Order are kind of destroyed mm-hmm. and he goes in hiding, he does precisely what Obi-Wan and Yoda do. He puts her Sensor out of the way 
in safety where no one knows about her. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And, you know, I think there is another clue to, to her heritage, but I think we'll, we'll talk about that later once we talk about how Luke comes into the whole thing. Um, but yeah, I think what I really, really like about what JJ and, um, uh, Kathleen Kennedy have done with the force awakens is that they've, they've given us that strong female character in Ray because you know you watch the original trilogy and Leia is awesome she's a really really great heroine and you know she is a proper hero yeah. and she you know you know is able to stand up for herself she's able to fight she's able to you know she she is properly a leader and what we see in Ray you know from you know from from the beginning when um you know Finn finds her and you know they're running for their lives from from the tie fighters and he grabs her hand and she tells him you know I, you know I I don't need you to hold my hand you know that's her asserting herself as somebody sure. who doesn't need to be protected and you know it, you know protecting BB8 from the scavengers who want to take him and sell him um, you know, she's, she's able to take care of herself. She's able to fend for herself. She knows what she's doing. She knows her way around mechanics. She knows her way around ships. She knows how to fight. And she, you know, she, she really, you know, she is waiting for her family. And that is something that is really important for her character. But at the same time, she's learned to develop past that. And she's learned how to take care of herself. And she has, you know, she does have those elements of a very strong female character that I think the prequels really missed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you know, they, they showed her being confident in obviously lots of different areas um, and being smart about it as well. Um, and just there's a, there's a funny bit in The Falcon when, you know, she's helping Han co-pilot and, mm-hmm. it, and, you know, they're in hyperspace and he's like, if we don't sort out this problem, we're going to be, you know, pieces in three different places in the galaxy mm-hmm. when she kind of solves the problem he's like how did you do that like yeah. he doesn't even know and she's like oh i just bypassed this and she looks super pleased with herself and he just yeah. goes huh yeah. and walks off and then she looks visibly kind of like annoyed that he's not more impressed with what she's done yeah um but it's great but, and, and also the fact that he's you know there's there's a lot of hinting this slightly like moving on but there's a lot of hinting that han's obviously not gonna survive this film um, yeah but the, but the fact that he yeah. says you know Chewie likes you mm-hmm. and the fact that she's very good at navigating on on the on the Falcon. She can fly the Falcon, which mm-hmm. he's impressed by. She cares about the Falcon. She about cares the end of about it. the Falcon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think, you know, moving into talking about the original cast for, for a moment, um, you know, Harrison Ford has always been very adamant that he wasn't going to return to Star Wars and, um, that actually after the end of Empire, he thought that Han Solo should die. His story was over. There was nowhere for him to go. Um, and, you know, again, this is a massive, massive spoiler for the film, but, you know, he... If you're at this point, you've already had, like... (laughs) Um, but um, he, you know, he got his wish. Yeah, and and but you know what? It's I think it's again, it's the right call because you can see why Definitely. he wanted it to happen because not so much that he thought Han's um, story was done, but his death provides a lot of dramatic tension and movement for other people's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, um, the fact that he was saying that JJ gave him a story where he felt that. Han had more depth to him because yeah. obviously he's lost his son and his son's turned into this nightmare of mm-hmm. of of this Vader character. Yeah. Um, 
to the point where Han says he's given up. He's given up hope that he can ever be brought back. Yeah, um, and he's gone back to the only thing that he felt he was ever good at, yeah. which is being a, being a smuggler, being a rogue, and you know, swindling everybody out of it. Every, yeah, exactly. So Looking off the number on one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, it's it's sad that uh, Leia's last words to him are, you know, if you see our son, bring, bring him, him home, him. because that's precisely what Han tries to do. Exactly. He doesn't give up in the end. He, you know. He wants to, um, he 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 wants to have his son back, and he's mm-hmm. like, "We miss you," and yeah. you know, my son is still there. Mm-hmm. You are still there, and I will help you in any way that I can. Yeah, and, exactly. But, and so, obviously, it's really sad because you know, there, there, there's that symbolic kind of they talk about while there's still light, there's hope. While they're talking about the sun, mm-hmm. obviously, we have a and chance. then and then it's played back into later on when they're on the bridge mm-hmm. and you know there's the lights fading and and kylo's there and he's saying you know like I, well, there's something that i need to do but i don't think i'm strong enough will you help me and, and han uh, says yes anything yeah and he'd say go to me as i say and then obviously all the light disappears and it's just and this it's just, red kind of yeah and um, you see and you see his thing. grip on the lightsaber go stronger and, and han kind of looking going like oh no like what are you gonna do and then obviously Mm -hmm. and then but it's so sweet when Hans because the music is is super intense and then it stops yeah and he touches him and Han touches his face and you know there's that moment of I know you're still in there yeah Exactly. Um, but you know, let's you know, let's let's talk about Han a little bit and you know Harrison Ford a little bit more before we go into that scene in more depth. Um, because, you know, we see Han and you know, the very first words are the ones from, from the trailer, Chewie, we're home. Because they, you know, they find they they find the Falcon and then they find um Ray, Finn and BB eight on the Falcon and then they have to, you know, go you know, go on their way to getting BB-8 back to the back to the resistance. Um, but you know, I think what's really, really good about bringing the original cast back in is, you know, not only the tie-ins to the original trilogy, but it's also the way that they've advanced their characters and they've done it so that you know all of the characters can be a little bit more, you know, they they can be a little bit wiser. They can be they can they can be older, and they can you can see that you know it, you know especially like Han and Leia, and especially Luke when he comes in, um, they're you know they're really you know kind of withered and worn down by what's happened to them. Yeah, yeah. And you know throughout the thirty years uh, time span, and um, you know you can see that there's a lot more to Han. He's not you know he's not as cocky, and he's not as joking and you know you can see that there is kind of a sadness to him and Harrison does that really really well yeah and and also as Han he has he gets to play that extra role where throughout the originals he didn't really believe in the force yeah but he's got to the point where he's like you know I you know, it's all mumbo jumbo you know the the fact that the force is a constant fight between good and evil in the world and he goes but it's all true mm-hmm. because, like, he's experienced it now, and he obviously believes it now and understands it now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so he gets to play that side of it where he was so con- confident in himself and about what was going on, and he's saying, "I'd always take a blaster over, mm-hmm. you know, whatever." Um, and uh, whereas now he's not, you yeah, know, he's not exactly. at that point in his life anymore. Exactly, and again, you know, it's something that Harrison does really, really well, and he really brings Han 
to his end really, really well. And, you know, the ending that, you know, Han Solo comes to is very, very poignant. It's very meaningful, and it sits correctly. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's really abrupt. It doesn't feel like it's out of place, and it doesn't feel like it's done just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. There is a reason for it, and it is played really, really well. And, you know, going back to the scene where, where he actually dies... And, you know, starting to talk about Adam Driver a little bit. But, you know, that scene between Harrison Ford and Adam Driver where you can see the conflict in Kylo Ren's eyes as mm. he's looking at Han while there is still light mm. in, in the room. You know, it's a really, really good scene. Mm. And they feed off of each other really, really well. You can see the hope in Han's eyes. You can see the pain in Kylo Ren's eyes. And, you know, they're both, you know, they both knew exactly what they had to do in that scene. And they did it really, really well. And it's it's such a sad, sweet sequence. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's done really, really well. Um, and so, you know, we're going to miss Han desperately but at the same time he you know he came to his end in probably the best way that he possibly could yeah and again it's kind of that's also a kind of a new hope-esque kind of scene because you've got Chewie and Ray and Finn watching the scene and soldiers watching it mm -hmm. and when it happens then they suddenly go no and that's when all the firing breaks out again they kind of then have to run Absolutely. and you, you get that it's that same kind of beat Mm -hmm. That happens, but obviously it's a lot more um, uh, significant for like Chewie, obviously. Mm -hmm. and, um, well, and it's it's really really significant for Adam Driver's character too, yeah, because yeah. you know the, I, I you know I think the one thing that really um, you know pushes me to actually liking Adam Driver's character is the fact that you know we've seen. Um, in in the prequels, Anakin go full you know full dark side, and we've seen him go full you know full dark side you know in a way that matches his character. And then mirroring that, we've seen Luke go full light side um, by not being able to kill his father, not being able to take that one step that would push him to the dark side. And here we see Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, pushing that button yeah. and being able to kill his father. And, you know, that is what will push him over the edge. And also, I thought it was interesting, the use of lines that uh, when Snoke is talking to him mm -hmm. and Kylo says near the start, he says, I will not be seduced. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously talking about the light side of the force. And yeah, the, exactly. how he, How he, you know, he, he, he um, thinks that the call of the light is the seduction of the light side, mm -hmm. which is obviously the, the kind of the wording that, Jedi always use about the dark side. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, but yeah, I think um, the way that they brought the original cast in and what they do um, really works to enhance the new cast, and it it pushes them to the forefront more than you know more than making the original cast kind of you know um, the main focus of the yeah. whole thing they are really there as secondary characters yeah. and they're there to push the new generation of Star Wars characters into the forefront and you know it's done really really well and you know it's done to a point where you know it's it you know it's really really great to see Han and Leia and Luke back in the you know in the film but 
we do get to focus on the new characters and mm-hmm. we want to focus on the new characters because they have interesting stories and they have interesting stories left to tell. Yeah, ex- exactly. And, and they, they all tie into the originals, which, mm-hmm. is, which is done in a nice way as well. Um, but I thought Leia was good. I, again, she's obviously not in it as much as Han's in it, mm-hmm. but she still has... You know, um, she still has the moment of saying there's still light in him, and, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, she's desperate to find Luke. Yeah. Um, well, I like the very you know the very first time that we see Leia, and you know it's obviously the first time that Han has seen Leia in what seems like a long time, and you know the first thing that they say to each other is you know he says you've changed your hair, and she says you have the same jacket, and he goes no it's a new jacket, yeah, yeah, and right. you know they they ha- they still have really good exchanges, and you know as it goes further along into Han. Um, and Leia being in the same room together, you know, we can see flashes of the old Han and Leia back again. But we can also see how, you know, how they've changed and how they've aged, and you know, you know what has you know, the, you know, how they have reacted and grown with what has happened to them. Yeah, and what yeah, has sure. happened to them is that they've lost their son, and we don't know how much blame they place on Luke for that. One and and how much they um, Leia you know, blames herself as well because she says, you know, um, when, when Han says there's too much Vader in him mm-hmm. and she said, and that's why I wanted to send him to Luke. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and Han, he, he, you know, he's so doubtful himself because he says, you know, we lost our son forever. And she, she says, no, we haven't. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that says to him, you know, you can, together, we can bring him back. Mm-hmm. And Han says, you know, if Luke can't do it, how the hell am I me- you know, meant to do it? And, mm-hmm. you know, so, but but then she has that line of, you know, Luke's a Jedi, but you're his father. Yeah. And um, there's that definite pull of, and there's always been that pull of that, you know, um, the family kind of is stronger and the love between family is the strongest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think what'll be really, really interesting to see is, you know, obviously Han has that line, there's too much Vader in him. And in Leia's head, where does that Vader come from? It comes from her. Yeah. You sure. know, so how much, you know, not only sending him off to to, um, to train with Luke, but how much does she blame her genes right. on what happens to her son? Um, it, you know, it, it'll be really interesting to see how that kind of plays out a little bit more as uh, we go into episodes eight and nine, um, because obviously at, at the end of the film, you know, Kylo Ren has, um, he's gotten to the point where he's killed his father and Snoke says that it's time for him to complete his training. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how dark um, Kylo Ren is in, in the next film and what you know, if he is going to be redeemed at some point in this trilogy, how it's going to happen, who, you know, at whose hands it's going to happen at. And, um, you know, I think that Kylo Ren's character is actually very, very interesting. And as much as I'm upset that he killed Han, that doesn't detract my liking his character because there is so much yeah, depth yeah, to him. Exactly. And also, you know, that's just a testament to Adam Driver's performance as well. Definitely. Because he gives Kylo Ren all of those layers yeah. that, you know, you can see the conflict within him. You can hear you know, everything that is going on in his head in terms of fighting the pull to the light side, wanting to be on the dark side, wanting to be like his grandfather, who he believes Darth Vader is. I don't think he knows the Anakin side of Darth Vader. He wants to be 
Darth Vader. He believes that that's who his grandfather is, and he wants to be as powerful as Darth Vader. Yeah, exactly. And you can see the struggle. You know, Adam Driver does a really, really good job in actually creating all of those elements to that character, and he's really, really impressive. Yeah, and I think one of the best scenes that he's in is the one where he is interrogating Ray. Yeah. And, you know, he's trying to get the information from her, but she starts using the force back at him and yeah, blocking exactly. him. And he looks fearful. He doesn't understand how she's doing it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because remember, earlier in the film, we saw him doing it successfully with Poe. Yeah. Because obviously they capture Poe and they want to find the map to Luke. And they know he doesn't have it on him, so you know Kyla is interrogating him about where he's put the map, and we see him pull that information out of Poe successfully. And so to have him not be able to do it, and to be able to watch Adam Driver go through all of that stuff as he's being resisted by Ray, and, and, and as is Ray, really and, brilliant. And as Ray starts probe-minding him as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, because she, you know, because she's untested and because she's untrained, you know, it's one of those, um, you know, things about uh, the Force where, you know, if you're untrained, you know, you're able to do things that you, you know, probably shouldn't be doing and you're able to do them quite easily. Um, and so that's one of the things that I think she figures out that she can't, you know, all of a sudden it, start, it starts happening. And so she, you know, pulls on it and starts to use that power. And she's, and she's, then, but it's she's, another she, Anakin, Anakin trait. Exactly. You know, she's able to hit him where it hurts. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, that, yeah, that scene is really, really good. The scene where he eventually kills Han is very, very good. I think Adam Driver is the perfect choice to play this role. He was phenomenal. Yeah, and, and I think there was a fear when you first saw Kylo Ren and, you know, the toys came out and everyone was obviously listening to the lines. Mm -hmm. There was a fear that he might just be a bit kind of, you know, uh, one-dimensional because the lines they chose to, to highlight, they obviously used takes or they just got him in the recording studio just yeah. to say the line. So when you actually see it, he's got a lot more emotion and depth behind it. But as, as a character, he's a lot more complicated yes. than I think people kind of feared he would just be a, a generic bad guy who could use the force. Well, I think that everybody feared that he was just going to be another Darth Vader and yeah. we wouldn't really figure out what was going on with him until episode 9. Yeah, or that he was just, you know, a, a Sith. You yeah, know, whereas exactly. Whereas, you know, he has obviously a large shared history with the original mm -hmm. um, and he has, you know, these big, yeah, like we said, those big moments of mm -hmm. the fact that he took down Luke's Jedi Temple. He killed Han, he, mm -hmm. you know, but he's still being, as he thinks, seduced by the light side. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about whether Snoke is the one, you know, leading him to believe that Darth Vader is, you know... Speaking to him. Speaking to him, because he has that scene with Vader where he says... Um, Vader's, you know, Vader's mel helmet. melted helmet. Yeah, you know, show me the power of the dark side. And he says, I'm sorry, like, I, I feel the call to the light. Mm -hmm. So show me the power of the dark side and mm -hmm. I can, you know, I'll finish what you started. So then, so we're kind of thinking that maybe Snake is, um, you know, showing um, Kylo, you know, visions of Darth Vader and making him think that that's what Darth, that's what Anakin wants, you it know. Exactly, you know, very much like how um, we can surmise in the prequels that uh, Palpatine is giving Anakin his dreams that lead him to the dark side. Um, that's very much what we're kind of hypothesizing now about Snoke and how he has seduced 
Ben Solo to to the dark side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, again, you know, it, it, you know, Kylo Ren's character is very, very interesting. He's really, really, um, you know, there's a lot more to him. And what I really, really like about it is that they've taken an element from the now non-canon expanded universe because in the non-canon expanded universe um obviously uh, uh, han and leia have have twins one of them jason solo turns to the dark side he becomes a proper sith and um you know somebody event eventually kills him and so they've taken that element and they've put it into the canon universe. Sure. And I think it's really, really important. It's really important for him. It's really important for Han. It's really important for Leia because it would be a turning point for Han realizing that actually all of this stuff really is true and it really sure. does yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, so I'm really, really glad that they've taken that, you know, that character element from the, from the expanded universe that had such an effect upon the original characters and it has that same effect upon the characters now in the canon universe i'm yeah. really glad and, that and, they've and, done and that and obviously he's had a massive effect on luke because it's yes. because of ben that you know luke's gone into hiding because like han says luke blames himself that he couldn't turn him back to the light yeah and as a result kylo goes and kills everyone yeah and so he he goes and vanishes because you know he's scared that because he can turn him back to the good side, all of this has happened because of him. Right, exactly. Which then leads us to seeing Luke right at the end. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously there's that awesome reveal where he turns around and mm -hmm. he's got, you know, he looks a bit like Anakin and he's got long hair. He's obviously got the Obi-Wan beard. Mm -hmm. um, and he's got the white robes on of like yeah. a Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we obviously, and it's a really powerful moment because Luke doesn't speak. We obviously don't no. hear anything. But when Ray shows him the lightsaber, because, I mean, we, we read this slightly differently yeah. in terms of, you know, Luke turns around and he sees someone saying that. But then when she pulls out the lightsaber, I, you know, you can see, I, I read it as, you know, Luke kind of realizing that, you know, it's got to the point in the galaxy where, you know, that everyone's looking for him to, it's got to the point where it's bad enough. Mm -hmm. They've now found him. Um, and they've got his lightsaber, which he obviously thought was lost. Yeah. Um, and if he does know who Ray is, because mm -hmm. he starts kind of tearing up at the end of it. Yeah. And whether he knows that that's Ray and that's his daughter, mm -hmm. and she's got his lightsaber, mm -hmm. you know, that's that kind of moment where he's kind of realizing that he's gonna have to go back out into the galaxy. Mm -hmm. He's he's been in exile long enough that he now needs to come back. Yeah, see, now I, I read it slightly differently. I have, you know, I, 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 the reading that I have is a lot of those elements, but what I actually see is, you know, I can, I can almost visualize that there's a, that there's going to be a scene in eight, almost like the one between um, Yoda and Luke in Empire where, you know, Luke is saying, I have to go to Cloud City. I have to, to rescue my friends. And Yoda saying to him, no, stay here. Um, you know, I, I can see that there might possibly be a scene in eight where, you know, Luke has either been training Ray or he's been at least talking to her. And, you know, the First Order starts, you know, properly stirring up the, you know, the evil that's going to, you know, establish itself in Episode 8. And Ray, you know, wants to go, wants to fight, wants mm -hmm. to help the Resistance. And Luke says, no, I can't. 
and I just I can't no good can come from me coming off of this place where I've been in exile for so long nothing good can come of it I can't and her convincing him to join the fight mm. see so I think yes there is re a resignation at the fact that somebody has found him you know in in the you know work that Mark Hamill does even in that very small amount of time that he's on screen he does a lot um and I think one of, you know one of the things that you see in his face, especially when he starts to get quite emotional, is you know possible recognition of her, which I think is a big hint as to maybe who she could be. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also just you know it's it's a welling of emotion from what he's what he's felt throughout the entire time that all of the film has been happening, because obviously Luke is the last Jedi. He is the, you know a very very strong. Jedi, and if Leia can feel Han die, you bet your ass that Luke can. And he can definitely feel Kylo as well. Exactly, and so you know, I think that there's a lot that he's felt throughout this time period of the film actually going on that it all comes to a head as soon as he sees Rey holding out the lightsaber to him in in a kind of you know help me. I'd so say there's a slightly you know that there's a, there's a slight different read which I could also give from that. Okay. Which is when she shows up. He turns around as in, you know, someone's found me and he's ready to say, I'm not going, I'm better off here and the galaxy, the galaxy is, be is better, better off. off for me to stay here. But as soon as that lightsaber comes out and he realises who she is, mm -hmm. he starts to then realise the stakes involved and who's in front of him and that's why he starts to tear. I could buy that. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see in episode eight. It's like stupidly annoying that we have to wait two years. But. Exactly, but you know, I think that um, you know, as as kind of sad that it is that you know we didn't get to hear Luke talk and he didn't show up to kind of save Ray when she's being attacked by um, Kylo Ren. Um, you know, we didn't get to see Luke a lot or basically at all. Um, you know, it, it was a really really good moment to have him just standing on the precipice of that island. And, you know, for him to, you know, be in those, you know, stark white robes that we've never, ever seen Luke wear. Um, and then to pull back his hood and he, you know, he had, you know, he has the big beard. He has the long, scruffy mm -hmm. hair. Um, and, but he had, he has that, that look about him that says, you, you know, I've, I've, I've seen things. It's a yeah, really, yeah. really powerful. Yeah, really it's a really, really powerful think, moment, and I think it's again, it's one of those things JJ does really, really well. And it's made stronger by him not saying anything. I think yeah, if he had said so. anything, it might have taken away from the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you know, that's the last kind of piece of the you know kind of trying to connect the dots as to who Ray could possibly yeah, be. Sure. Is that moment that she has with Luke at the very, very end. Um, so let's just quickly talk about like some of the drawbacks of the film. I mean, we've we've kind of mentioned this before. Um, I think um, Cap Captain Phasma was kind of hyped up to be um, this kind of really menacing character, and unfortunately, what we get is not menacing at all. Yeah. See, I wonder whether there's a lot that was filmed that had to be cut because possibly because again yeah, i mean if, if you look at any of their promo art and the posters of she's quite a big kind of prominent character yeah but all she really does is say what should we do to the villagers mm -hmm. and because i kill them she's like okay on my command kill everyone mm -hmm. she tells finn to report to her division mm -hmm. she then says this is He's never done anything like this. He's he's been fine, mm -hmm. and then 
Chewie and and um, Finn mm. and Han make her take down the shields, and then she's not in it anymore. Mm. She's so she's in like four scenes, and she's not really in them that long. She mm-hmm. doesn't. You never see her fire a gun. No. You never see her. You. She orders the village to die. That's that's obviously that's an evil thing to do. Mm-hmm. But that's really Kylo's order because he's the one that says. Well, it. right. And if um, she's if she's conditioned in the same way that the other stormtroopers yeah. are, then she's just you know she's you know that's kind of her just following orders instead of that being what she wants. Precise, to happen. It was it was just it was a bit strange that they put so much kind of promo on her and the fact that she's this chrome trooper. Right. And exactly. And there's, there's something you know they almost made it say that, you know there was something special about her. Mm-hmm. She was obviously particularly skillful in a certain area Mm -hmm. but it really didn't well and then and then you know i wonder if that's not just kind of introducing her to be a bigger character in episode eight because obviously kathleen kennedy has said that she is going to be back um you know which means she was a bit of a trash compactor well no she was and she's obviously managed to you know get out um but you know obviously gwendolyn christie is going to come back um so maybe there is going to be more to her as the you know as the stories progress sure. that maybe you know will you know redeem her a little bit from this cut of the film that has come out yeah i'm, I'm wondering whether there is more that they might release as deleted scenes it'll be very um, interested to see to see the deleted scenes of uh, of this film um and then you know the other weekish kind of scene is you know actually the very first time that we see han and um, were actually, you know, taken off of the Millennium Falcon because obviously he's not on the Falcon when we first meet him. He's on his own ship yeah. that he must have commandeered from somebody else um, made for smuggling. And, um, you know, so we're on that ship. He hides Ray and Finn because his, his bosses have come to find him. And, yeah, it's that whole kind of sequence where, you know, I, you know, I know it's meant to be in there to show you know how much Han, how much trouble han has gotten himself back into and that you know he's you know he's back to his old ways and you know all that kind of stuff but it just wasn't you know it didn't quite go anywhere other than for them to get the falcon out of there and to get them to see uh lupita uh, nyongo's character and then it's to, just to basically and then show to get them to, i think it's just to show he's to a smuggler again and also yeah, to exactly. show that the ray's quite resourceful in the sense of you know she can, you know, when she saves Finn and mm-hmm. he says, like, and then the door came out, she's like, yeah, that was lucky, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And runs off. It's just, a, again, it's just a bit more kind of character building in that kind of sense. Yeah, yeah, but that, you know, I think that was probably one of the weaker bits of it, and, and you know, I don't have very much love for the for the cantina scene either, I think, you know, you know, it's great that they have um, that character um, th- that um, Lupita plays, who is able to be the one who kind of has a little bit more to her, but she's the best part of that scene. Yeah, she and I really like her character. I really like her character too. I like I like her a lot better than I thought I would. Yeah. Because you know, when she first comes on screen, it's almost like, it it almost kind of made me flash back to episode two and Obi Wan walking into Dex's diner. Yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah. It it almost made me flash back to that, and then you know they have the scene together where they're properly talking about um getting BB-8 back to back to the resistance and then Finn goes on that tirade of how we can't you know we can't defeat the first order there's no way we can win against them and she starts to scrutinize him and so they're because you know she starts to get a little bit more interesting when she's wiser than all of them because she's been around for a thousand years yes um yeah no I really like that scene because again when when it first came out that she was going to be 
CG and a space pirate and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. When actually she's a good character in it. Yeah, exactly. She wants to defeat First Order. Exactly. And, and she know. knows more about Anakin and Luke's lightsaber than she says yeah. at all throughout the whole thing. So eventually, I'm guessing we're going to see meet her again. Where, yeah. yeah, we're going to meet her again and we're going to hear how she got that lightsaber because obviously it's the one that Luke lost on Bespin when. Uh, Darth Vader chopped off his arm before the no, I am your father moment. Yeah, yeah, sure. um, so yeah, you know that that whole scene, you know, up to up to a certain point where she starts to get a little bit more more interesting. You know, it's it's just an homage back to the very first Cantina scene in A New Hope for me, and it doesn't really do all that much. But once you get those four characters together sitting at the table talking about you know the advancing the story that's when that scene gets a little bit more interesting for me but when it first kind of comes on it's you know it's not as impressive as as the other ones in the film but i think overall the the, you know the force awakens has a really good pace it has a really really good feel you know it has those darker tones that made empire really really good but it's still a big kind of space adventure and then even even at the end where the crux of the story is destroying star killer base before it destroys the plant you know the system where 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 the resistance is based you know it doesn't feel like another death star run you know, it yeah, has, they, they, it, had, got it, has it. it has the essence of it, yeah. but it's not another Death Star run. And yeah. so, you know, again, that's that's another homage back to the originals without just kind of copying and pasting. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, you know, they did that really, really well. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, Poe Dameron's character gets to really shine during that moment. And, you know, the very first time that we see the X-Wings come flying in across oh, yeah, the water. Oh, he, yeah, he, that, that whole, her, his whole um, part with the first kind of his black X-Wing. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. Like, they do that scene really well. That sweeping kind of shot following him. Yeah, and Finn exactly. kind of running around watching him going like, that's one hell of a pilot. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I love Poe Dameron. He, you know, we didn't really see him all that much, but what we saw of him is enough to make me yeah. go, yes, I really uh, yeah. like that and, character. And he just seems like a really nice kind of guy. I, yeah. I, I love the way like, when he sees Finn, he's like, no way. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, you're still alive. This is amazing. Um, yeah, no, I think both of them have really, really good moments. They have good moments together. I think the whole cast, you can tell that they have a really, really good rapport yeah. and a really good kind of friendship together um, because they work really well together. And it's the same kind of feeling that you got from the original cast in A New Hope. They all get along yeah, very sure. well. They all work together really, really well. And, you know, in, in the scenes that they're in together, they feed off of each other really well, especially Ray and Finn. You know, Ray and Finn really develop not a romantic attachment to each other, but it's more of a survival, you know, yeah, yeah, you sure. know a survivalist kind of and kind of attachment. And um, it's really, really sweet and it's really well done. And, you know, it, you know, it leads you to think that maybe Finn feels a little bit more for her than she feels for him, but it's not carried I, to, I, to a point where it's really awkward yeah, and, or and unfortunate. And I, li- I like the fact that they didn't do a kind of, like, love kind of story to definitely, it. Definitely, definitely. I think I would have slown it down a lot. Definitely. And I think that um, there was a lot, you know, there was a lot of uh, kind of, you know, rumor circulating that maybe you know Poe Dameron was going to be the romance option for Ray, and I'm really glad that that just didn't happen at all it's very very good to just kind of keep him as you know the main fighter yeah. you, know, you know the main fighter pilot in the resistance who you know is sent on these missions because he is really capable and then to have him 
um, as a resistance pilot, form a bond with an AWOL stormtrooper. You know, yeah. I think I, you know, I think it's really, really well done. They did a really good job to kind of keep the romance aspect out of it. Um, you know, the only kind of hint that we get about it is, you know, in that scene where, um, you know, it, um, uh, BB-8 and Finn, you know, give each other thumbs up at the, you know, at the very beginning. You know, Ray saying, we need, we need to go back to Jakku. And he's like, why? You have family? You have boyfriend? You have a cute boyfriend? She's like... It's not. It's none of your business, no, yeah, and it's kind of put to bed right there but, and right then. But you know, they form they form more of a you know friendship. Well, and also Finn says, you know, the reason that he cares for her is because she was the first person to see him as a person and not as a stormtrooper. Exactly, and um, that doesn't immediately just equate to yeah, ro- yeah, yeah. But, but, but that's rom- why he wants attachment. to help her and protect her. Exactly. I, I really like that bit. We went um. The t- the tie fighter blows blows up a, a thing near them and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Finn's on the ground and Ray runs over to him and she's like come on, get up and he just looks at him and goes are you alright yeah. she's like yeah of course I am <laughs> again yeah yeah but it, you know, it, again it's that kind of you know making us think that Finn is going to be the main character Finn is the one who wants to um you know protect Ray and feels like he has to and it's her showing him. I don't need to be protected. Yeah, yeah. I don't need you to watch my ass, but I appreciate that you do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, making her really the main character, I think it's really interesting that they've made a female character basically the main yeah, 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 the, yeah. You know, the sure. main force user, the light side force yeah, user yeah. in Star Wars. I, I, I actually really, really love oh, it. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, completely, completely. I really, really love it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how all of those characters develop yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as as the story carries on, and I can't wait to see more of Luke in Episode Eight. Just uh, just before we wrap this up, yes. um, what's uh, what was your maybe one of your favorite bits in the film, or like yeah, what's your one of your favorite bits? Um, to be perfectly honest, it's the, it's the scene where Han dies, and that's just because I'm a sucker for really, really good performances. I'm going to tell you mine right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that scene. I loved all of the film. Yeah. But the bit which will make me just smile every single time is, uh, another thumbs up. I, you know, the thumbs up is a strong part with BB-8. Okay. It's more when, um, when they're on Starkiller base and Finn's mm-hmm. like, uh, he's like, yeah, I got a plan. We'll, we'll use the force. And Han just says, that's not how the force works. <laughs> and then Chewie says something. He goes, oh, now you're complaining of being cold. Yeah. There's like two really quick jokes, which are quite funny. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, that's uh, that, that, yeah, that's a testament to to Harrison Ford knowing Han Solo really well, knowing this new Han Solo. Really yeah, yeah, well. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I you know, I really hope that we get to see more of Luke in Episode Eight. I hope we get to see a lot more of Ray in episode eight i hope we get to see a lot more of finn and poe yeah because they were great in, together. A, in episode eight um and obviously it'll be interesting to see how much darker um kylo ren goes yeah um in episode eight and you know it, it, it again you know him talking to darth vader's you know melted helmet basically him talking to the essence of his grandfather it'll be really interesting to see if, you know, if Snoke is putting images in his head about Vader talking to him and showing him the dark side, if we're going to get to see Anakin at all talking to Luke and talking to Rey... I'm, I'm you know, willing to bet we'll probably, assuming, we'll see Yoda mm-hmm. and we might see um, Anakin. Yeah, because I, I really think, you know, just just knowing who Kylo Ren is, knowing where he comes from and what he wants to be... 
I think it's actually really, really important that you bring Anakin in. Yeah. And I think it's really important that you bring him in in the way that, you know, he's talking to Luke and he's guiding Luke through understanding turning back to the light side. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that that would actually be something that I would really, really like to see. Yeah, and no, would, when would be really, really important. Yeah. But can't wait. You know, thank you. know, let, Let's just say, you know, JJ did it. He made Massively, me, yeah. you, know, you know, he he made us believe that good Star Wars films are possible again, and you know, thankfully, oh, just good, great, great, yeah, you know, just you know, just coming out of it and just going, oh, it was Star Wars again, and being really, really excited about it from the very beginning of the crawl and the very first, you know, shot of the um, Star Destroyer, you know, coming across the, you know, the shadow of the planet, mm-hmm. which is Jakku. Um, you know, they've done so many things to, you know, pay homage to the, to the originals and bring Star Wars forward into the modern kind of filmmaking world. Um, you know, it's, it's just a really, really good film, really, really well done. And we can only hope that eight and nine carry on yep. the, the, you know, what JJ has established. Yep. Yep. So that is our full review of Star Wars episode seven, The Force Awakens, a really, really great addition into the Star Wars saga. You've been listening to the Scruffy Nerf Herder, and we'll catch you next time.